0: what's up fam welcome to love alive church the podcast where we exist to help you find family discover purpose and change the world thank you for tuning in to this week's message i hope that is a blessing to you and your family let's go Also individual and i say that because many of you are seeing what god is doing collectively but you have not yet tapped into what god wants to do individually in your life And if you don't tap in, you will miss out because it'd be crazy for something to be available to you and you not grab a hold of it, right? If somebody puts a million dollars on the counter for you and they tell you that that million dollars is yours, wouldn't you be a fool if you just leave it there? Right. And so what God is saying is that in this year, if he said a sin, God is taking us higher. God is, he's, he's not only requiring more from us, but he's ready to give more to us. Amen. Because he has more for us. And so we just have to receive. All right. And part of receiving is also doing. It. I always say this, God does not need our help, but he needs our participation. In order, when we say that God needs our help, then we suggest that God does not have that infinite power to do anything on his own. God doesn't need our help, but in order to execute what he wants in your life, he needs you to participate. Amen. Amen? Amen. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be in a series entitled, Soul Detox soul detox and the lord specifically uh, told me to go into this series i think i've been talking about it for probably uh the past month because the lord began to quicken me about where the condition of many people are as it relates to their soul and not understanding how important it is to have control of or manage your soul properly right and because we don't understand the soul, how it functions, what it does, how to control what enters it, what it entangles with, all of that, what happens is we get ourselves in this web well of confusion, and we don't really know how we got there and how to get out. And because the soul is such a volatile thing, like the soul can be pulled in so many directions, an immature soul that has not been trained in the spirit will have soulish experiences and think that it's their spirit name. Yeah. And only through discernment of understanding the spirit of God and understanding when you're encountering the anointing of God can you have enough discernment to understand the difference. I use this as an example a lot, and I tell y'all, don't be coming from the beehive right now. I really don't, all right, because I know y'all are something. Y'all are about as crazy as us LeBron James fans, all right? Say something about them and it's going to be a problem with me, all right? Amen. And you don't want no problems, amen. Look at your neighbor, say neighbor. You don't want no problems with me. All right, y'all are in a new building in the I thought I get a little The people in the early service used to be scary. I used to have to get to the late services to get the old people. Get you a new wheel, and you're like, I got a new attitude, pastor. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want no problems with me. You know, but I I say this, like, if you are looking at a concert, Beyonce, Michael Jackson, whomever, and you mute it for a moment, and you don't know what's transpiring, a lot of the demonstrations that you see from people and things of that nature will look like a worship experience. Same thing, same interactions, tears, hands lifted, Some people falling out and all kind of stuff, right? They get lightheaded. I never understand that, right? You're never gonna get lightheaded for a person unless my wife walks into the world. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you gotta know how to lay it on at the right time. (laughs) But what you see from people is a soulish, Reaction, Because the spirit cannot be moved by what's transpiring. It's not that I'm coming for a minute. I'm just letting you understand what the soul does. And the soul, that's why. Have you ever heard somebody to say, Damn, move my soul? That was a soulful experience, right? And so we have to understand the soul is a great thing. What is bad is when we don't have control of and steering our soul, When we allow the soul to just go wherever it wants to go. The scripture I want to start with today is in Mark the 8, verses 34 to 37. He says, Jesus summoned the crown along with his disciples and had them gather around. And he said to them, if you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely disown your own life. And you must be willing to share my cross and experience it as your own as you continually surrender to my ways. For if you let your life go for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, you will continually experience true life. But if you choose to keep your life for yourself, you will forfeit what you try to keep. For what use is it to gain all the wealth and power of this world with everything it can offer you at the cost of your own life? And what could be more valuable to you than your own soul? And what can be or could be more valuable to you than your own soul? Mm. The soul is defined as the spiritual or immaterial part of a human being or animal. It's regarded as immortal, meaning the soul never dies. It's emotional or intellectual energy or intensity, especially as revealed in a work of art or an artistic performance. That. The Hebrew word for soul is Nephis. And if you some people define the soul as the eternal being. In other words, when we when God created this body that we're in, this body alone does not have full function until a soul is placed into it. The life itself is our soul. This body is just something that houses us, right? Souls defined as our eternal being. Others refer to it as the seat of our emotions. Now just think about that. The seats of it. our emotions sit in the soul. Our emotions are parked in the soul, which means it can be just as volatile as our emotions are. So think about it. Unmanaged emotions can literally have you on a roller coaster. Some of y'all have on a whole roller coaster every single day. Some of you, within seven minutes, you've had seven different emotional interactions. From happy to sad to angry to weeping to sorrow, then back to happy, then back to sad, and we can't even keep up with you. Right? Because your emotions can go on a roller coaster. Which means also, if you don't manage your soul, because if you don't manage your emotions, they will get, put you in a roller coaster. If don't manage your soul properly, it will also have you on a roller coaster. You'll be all over the place and you can't figure out why your life is unstable, but it's because you have not learned the value of being able to manage the soul and not even understanding what it is. The soul is the seat of the emotions. It's your eternal being. It is truly the life itself soul is easily responsive so it must be trained on what to respond to and how to respond not just the what because you can know what to respond to but if you don't know how to right Yes. Yeah. it's just like anything you know you, you can have a test in front of you those questions on that paper tell you this is what you have to respond to but if you don't know the answer <laughs> And we've all been in the class before with that overzealous person that I get the wrong answer. When the teacher takes the question, they say, oh, me, me, me!" The teacher can't even get the question out; they blur it out. And they said, "That's wrong." <laughs> Back to the question so that I can finish it. Your soul can be like that. Respect. Just say, oh child, I didn't know how to manage my soul But thanks to love a lot of church You know what, if you're looking for a church, you should come with me I just gave you a strategy that might be The soul represents our actual living part of us The body without the soul is lifeless So we are not a body with a soul We are not a body with a soul We are a soul housed in a body The body does not dictate the soul The soul dictates the body at the moment that the soul leaves, the body cannot do anything. Have you ever seen a lifeless body? Does it have the ability to do anything? You know when the soul has left it. The soul dictates what the body does. So much like the heavenly trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we have our own personal trinity, spirit, soul, and body. Spirit man, the soul, and the body. And we have to learn how to get authority what we want to do is let the spirit man be the leading force when the spirit man is mature then the spirit man has the right to dictate the soul and the soul will tell the body what to do but when the soul is the leading source then literally sometimes the spirit man is in control sometimes your flesh sometimes you cry holy 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 it's the lord almighty Sometimes you cry, bring that to me. Amen. Amen. Back in the word, amen. All three are parts of our earthly experience. Now this earthly body will not be a part of our heavenly experience. So it's understanding the difference. The sad part is that we spend a lot of time focused on our caring for our body because the benefits of caring for the body are visible, Right, and I decide to exercise, which I don't do. All right, I try to eat better. Hey Amen. I told y'all last week on 11:15, which I when I told y'all, I got delivered from hey, hey, hey back in 2017. If you met me before 2017, you knew that I was walking around puffing and puffing all day. You know how somebody eternally sound like they breathing hard? That was me. <laughs> And I was mad when I realized that I didn't have a neck, and nobody told me. That's not love. That's not love. I had to tell my wife that was not love. She did try to tell me. She just was She was saying, you know, I think that maybe we can get a gym membership together. <laughs> just slide in the shade here, you know, right? So, because we can see the benefits of caring for our body so quickly, and others can, and let's be honest, a lot of times we like the fact that others can see it, we feel so ashamed. So we care for that, but then we let the soul go overlooked. Yeah. And the soul is a hot mess, but we are okay as long as people see the good stuff. <laughs> Can't go down on your beast like me. I, I let you see all of it. But the soul is a high mess. Yeah, and when we're not see, when we're not in your presence, what manifests outside of being in the presence of people has become something that's overtaking you. Yeah. Oh, Lord. The soul we gotta get in control of. As your pastor, I've accepted my responsibility for caring for your soul. I don't have the sole responsibility for it, but I do play a part. The Bible says this in Hebrews 13 and 17, Obey your spiritual leaders and recognize their authority, for they keep watch over what? Your soul without resting, since they will have to give an account to God for their work. So it will benefit you. I had it put this in. So this is the word. So <laughs> it will benefit you when you make their work a pleasure and not a heavy burden. <laughs> Amen. 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 Them too. All right? But the word says it will benefit who? You. You. Come on. When you make their work a pleasure and not a heavy burden, because part of leadership is to make sure that we care for your soul in a way that we can give an account to God. Amen. Now, caring for your soul sometimes comes in connection. Yeah. Because if I see you about to run into a brick wall, it is my job to say, "Hey, it's a brick wall right there." If you keep on running, it's on you. Right? Detox is defined because I want want you to get all this, right? Today we're talking about soul searching. So today is about giving you a process so that you can start over the next week inspecting your own soul. When you leave here, you're leaving with homework this week. You are going to start inspecting your own soul. What's going on with me? Detox is a process or a period of time in which one abstains from or rinses the body of toxic or unhealthy substances. So by now, many of us are familiar with what a detox is, right? As a matter of fact, some of you probably don't want one right now, because you're trying to get your beach body together, right? You're like, oh, I really should have started back in February, maybe really January, <laughs> <laughs> but my vacation is not to the end of July, so <laughs> let me get started now. So when you want to lose weight, a lot of times you start with what? A detox. When you want to improve your body. So sometimes people are saying, well, I, I don't have weight on me, but I want to build more muscle. What I want to do It starts with a lot of times what? A detox. Before you have a medical procedure done, a lot of times it starts with a what? Detox. What do they tell you? Don't eat or drink anything after. Because what are they trying to do? say, you need to push out what you put in. So this process of detoxing is something when someone wants to get rid of a drug or a substance addiction they do what? Detox. So the next four weeks, many of you need to go through a soul detox. Because of what has been allowed in your soul throughout the years that we have to get cleared up. So that you can begin to manage your soul better. Search is to find try to find something by looking or otherwise seeking carefully and thoroughly. The scripture says in Mark 8, 36 and 37, for what use is it to gain all the wealth and power of this world with everything it can offer you at the cost of your own life. And what could be more valuable to you than your own soul? This soul searching is important because if the word is saying our soul is the most valuable thing to us, why should we not want to understand what's in our soul? Why should we not want to be in control of navigating our soul appropriately? Soul caring. We a self-care, but self-care without soul care is useless. Now I got some people coming out. I think they should be in this. Go to the door to my right. Let me see if they're there? They're supposed to be listening. There you go. Come on out now. Y'all. Can you hand me that bandana right there? Because I want you to see this today. I know visually seeing something can help you to understand it a whole lot better. I need somebody to do me a favor and be the person who's gonna tie this to Ivan as he comes up here. Tie this around him so he cannot see. Can you put this on his eyes? Blindfold him. He might be real uncomfortable, Ivan. Some of y'all in the audience are like, I'm so glad I didn't get selected for this example. So here we go. So many of you are in this place today a lot like Ivan. As it relates to your soul and seeing your soul you've been blinded you have not put yourself in a position to really understand what's happening with yourself and now some of you you're blinded by ignorance right because you have not been trained or brought into proper knowledge to understand first and then some of you are blinded by stupidity right because you have been trained and you desire to do differently all right look at your neighbor say name It's I'm kind of nice. We can't even work on both on the day. I feel like it's a little more horrible to ignorant people because you're about to get knowledge. You stupid ones, I just need to lay hands on you maybe pop me outside your head a little bit. Right? You know, ignorance is simply to not know. Stupidity is to know and do different. So some of you just didn't know. The rest of you, you knew you decided to do, do different, but you decided today that you were going to change. Yes. Right? No more ignorance, no more stupidity. So, as it relates to things becoming entangled with our soul, they come in multiple different ways. I need you to understand this and I need you to see this because there are things that have been attached to you that you struggle to let go of and you don't really realize how it got there. I need you to understand how things get.
1: Right? So there
0: is this thing that can be hereditary and generational. That you ain't even start the problem. narrowly escape hereditary and generational things because there are times that you see and you go I don't want to be in the same cycle so you narrowly escape it but many people don't get out so they're like how I've been wrestling with this from my childhood as long as I can remember I always struggle with this hereditary generational so things like poverty Attach themselves to you. Things like substance abuse. Attach themselves to you because this is something your people always did. And what the enemy does is he said, I've had access to this family for a long time. And the enemy doesn't desire to give up territory that he's gained. Just like when you purchase land, you don't want to give it up unless you're going to receive something of higher value for when you give it up. My Lord. So the enemy feels this is territory that he worked to earn, and he doesn't want to give it up. The next one, too. So I get soul, I want I want us to get this. I get things entangled in my soul, hereditary, generational. The next one is situational, life circumstances, trauma. Yeah. So, I, I, if it didn't come in through my family bloodline, I was placed in situations yeah. that I didn't volunteer to be in, but things happened to me. And then when they happened to me, something attached itself to me and nobody told me how to deal with it appropriately. And because I did not get the trauma addressed, I've been stuck in a place with something that's not letting me go. So, physical abuse brings in something. And then you become comfortable with being in relationships where you've still been abused, even though you know it's wrong, but you're used to it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Sexual trauma. I was a child. I was innocent. No one protected me. They touched me. And now I'm feeling something connected to me. Wrestling. I'm still blind because the enemy's job is to not let me understand what's happening in my soul. Because if I'm feeling it but I don't really see it and I don't know how it got here or what to do with it, I can be going well, I can have a really good day, and then all of a sudden, in the middle of the day, something happens, and the enemy enemy has you blinded, and he has you controlled. Pull on this rope. Whenever I want to pull on it, I can control. Whenever I feel like it, because if I got the latch, whenever I'm ready to move, I can move. Uh And then there is self-inflicted. Either ignorantly or out of stupidity, that I got myself entangled with stuff. Many people don't understand how entangled you can become having sex with a bunch of people. Right. And before you know it, you start being like, I don't know why I can't even recognize myself. I do things I never did before. You picked up the ways of the people that you laid down with. And now I got myself in all these situations I'm mad all the time. I can't, and nobody did nothing to me, I'm so angry so inflicted i was seeking power i was seeking power somebody told me you know if you did that voodoo you know you can control things you can you know so i got connected to a false power to when i could just connect with the holy spirit and got the real power my lord and ultimately fear is waiting on me and sometimes i got so entangled that i'm afraid of what it looks like to get free Because I don't even know what my life is going to consist of if I get free. My God. Mm -hmm. Today, today isn't about getting free. Today is about helping you begin to see. So, next week, we're going to focus on how do I get loose from these things that have attached themselves to me. Today, I want you to be able to open your eyes to be able to see. And I want to give you some things to reflect on so you can try to figure out what is it that I'm dealing with. How do I begin to search my soul? Number one, you must open your spiritual eyes. Without God's help, we are often blinded to the spirit world. And so our inability to see clearly prevents our ability to address what's going on. I can't begin to fight against what's attached to me until I first see it clearly, identify it, and know what I'm up against. The enemy's plan is to keep us in darkness and thereby limiting our ability to see clearly, but we have to step into the light, remove the things that are preventing our sight, and allow ourselves to see clearly. 2 Corinthians, the 4th chapter, verse 4 says this. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. So before I begin, I can't even get free of these things until I first believed who God is. Uh, and believed the power of God to set me free. Yeah. The enemy's job is to keep you not even believing in God. So God is not real. That's the enemy wants you to do that. That's great. Don't believe in God because as long as you don't, then I can keep you. Wow. Or you can believe in God but not trust in His power to set you free. Yeah. And when you don't trust in God's power to set you free, what you say is, Well, I'm always going to be this way. Yeah. Have you ever heard somebody say this? Well, I guess this I'm all oh, this is just my name is the wrestler. No, the flesh is something that will always be a part of your DNA, but when your spirit man is built up, then it overpowers the flesh and it wins. So there are some things that are part of my flesh. Because I was born into sin And every now and then the enemy comes in And he tries to show me What's in my flesh And he'll bring a temptation Because the only thing that can tempt you Is something that you desire And so he'll bring something as a temptation And behind the temptation He brings the lie That the temptation is who you are And when he lies to you And makes you believe that the temptation is who you are He causes you to feel defeated Like you haven't overcome And you eventually yield again it's a cycle So many times people get freedom But nobody tells them that the enemy is coming back To tempt them again When Jesus was battling with the enemy And he's, the enemy is Jesus The Bible says after Jesus dealt with the enemy With the word, the Bible says that he left for what? A season Which means Jesus had to be ready for when he came back Again You can never So it says this Satan who is God of this world has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. You can never fully see yourself without fully seeing God. When the light is off, things can be in your path, ready to trip you up. And cause sorrow, but your inability to see prevents your ability to avoid them. I was going to make you walk, but I'm scared you don't fall. (laughs) And I don't want the example to be that good, amen. <laughs> the video go viral and everything. Come on, he was just trying to be submitted. <laughs> so today we want the scales to fall off your eyes. The Bible says this in Luke 11 and 34. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. So when you cannot see properly, then your body, your mind, your spirit, your soul remains in darkness. But when your spiritual insight is developed by your eyesight being open, then everything has the opportunity to come into the light. So what we want to do is get to the place where the blindfold has been removed. And it can be scary because look around I now. Mean, but when you first look around and you look at the things, look at the things that are, that are holding you. It can be crazy to look at those things. Wow, I didn't recognize that this had control over me. Yeah. It can be intimidating at first because if you think that you've got to do it on your own, in your own power, and your own strength, then it can feel like something that is insurmountable. Yeah. But that's the thing about. <laughs> He does not leave you alone. He came to do it for you. And you don't have to be in fear because in Second Timothy 1 and 7 it says, For God had not given us the spirit of fear, but of what? Power and of love and of soundness. And so you have to say, okay, let me open my spiritual eyes. Then you ask God to uncover the things that you need to see because some things become automatically visible and some things can still be tucked away in here, man. So you say, God, help me to see what I need to see, God. I invite your Holy Spirit to give me guidance and direction. God, show me what needs to get out of me. Psalms 139, 23 and 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. This requires you to trust God completely. So you must also be yielded to him. Sometimes spiritual eyesight alone is not enough. Sometimes you need God. Hey, something can be going on in your body, and some things can be visible to you, but sometimes you need an x ray to see the things that you cannot see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your blind spots might be people. That as God began to reveal this to you, there might be some people in your life that need to be removed in this next season. Yeah. Your blind spots might be daily routines and habits. Areas of idolatry, that you have lifted something above God. Anything that you give up the thing of God, things of God for is something that has become an idol to you. Yeah, good, yeah, yeah, good. If things routinely keep you out of the presence of God, out of the house of God, out of the will of God, it is an idol. Yeah, good. Third thing is get out of denial. <laughs> when people need help desperately and don't get it, one of the number one reasons is denial. Although they see what exists, oh, God. they want to convince themselves it's not as bad as it seems. Yeah. I'm not addicted to that sexual partner until they call you in the middle of the night. Yeah. Get out of denial. I'm in control of what I'm doing with alcohol. I just get a social drink until you're routinely hungover. Are you need every day just to live. Mm. Some people continue to toilet things that are destructive while trying to convince themselves they are in control of it. Finally, embrace the process. Yeah. Embrace the process. A lot of times we do this in the musicians you come. We get to a point, I was talking to somebody the other day, where we want the will of God, but we don't want the way. See, the will is the end result. And many times we want the end result that God is going to produce for us, but when we see the path that it takes to get there, the way of God is what many of us say no to. See, you get confused. You say, why won't they go with the will of God? A lot of people want the will of God. They don't want the way. Jesus wanted to see lives transformed. He wanted to see people reconciled to God. But the truth of the matter is he didn't want the cross. He had to get to a point. That he embraced the process of the cross, understanding that it was going to produce the promise of the restoration and the reconciliation of you and I. The way of God's in your freedom might be uncomfortable. The way of God may be letting go of a relationship. Cold turkey, we know explanation. You got to go. I can't deal with you no more. Jesus. The way of God might be changing your number. I can't even let you have access you. The way of God might be letting go of family. The way of God may be moving to where you're supposed to be. The way of God could be a whole lot of things, but you have to embrace the process. The way of God might be sitting with a licensed professional counselor to deal with the trauma. Yeah. I came to get your soul free. Yeah. Because if you can get control of your soul, you can live a victorious life standing so and all of these places. Mm.